0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world.
1: Father, thank you for this day that you've made. Thank you for us being in the house of God and contemplating these things. Thank you for the Spirit of God. As Jesus told the people of his day My father's house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You've made it a dwelling place where people gathering to steal from God. We pray today, Lord, that we would give you the honor and the glory of being our father in heaven. That, Father, a lot of men upon the earth have decided to become atheists and to say that you are not a father. And that's straight from the pit of hell, Lord. We pray that this day the message would be that you're not only a father in heaven, but you're a good father. And the devastating effects of those who decide to live without you is already seen upon the earth as darkness has covered the land, O God, in uh, tangible expressions of those disconnected from a good father. We pray that you would return us to a proper relationship with you and that we would understand this and that our lives would be a message to the fatherless, to the orphan, to the prodigal, to the illegitimate son to come home and to receive the goodness of a father. We pray that we might see this this morning in the house of God. We pray your blessing upon every father, Lord, that they would substantially represent your character to their children. That in walking in the reflection of your word, of your instruction, we can provide, we can protect, we can... Give our children the value and the purpose for their existence, Lord. That we also have and leave a great inheritance for our children and our children's children. Because you not only want us to be good fathers, but grandfathers. Great grandfathers, Lord. Men who have walked before, had paid the price and protected and provided for many years. Even before our ability and knowledge to understand. We pray your blessing upon this house, Lord. That this spring of life would be a spring, a wellspring of this good news of the Father's blessing to the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. As we were contemplating uh, the videos and everything we've been talking about, I want to start out with Proverbs 17 verse 9. The glory of children are their fathers. The glory of children. There's something that's better than a BMW, something better than a Mercedes, something better than an education at Harvard. Um... Let's make sure we have the right verse up there. 17.6. There it is. The glory of children is their father. The glory of children is their father. There's nothing like the expression of a father. I was just listening to a guy who was running for the Olympics. Um, he was at the starting place. He was sure to gr- win, win the, gold, uh, the gold medal. He was a racer. He was going to run around some laps. And, and he's sitting there, and, and everybody knows that he's going to win. He says this is his expression. Right after the Olympics, he went to his church, and he went into the pastor's office. And he says, Pastor, I want to tell you something. My, I never got to know my father. My father did not raise me. I never met him. I don't know what was going on. But after being a, 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 an athlete and a sportsman and a, a champion all over the world, running faster than any man upon the earth, when I knelt down right before the gun went off, I had one thought that made me not win the gold. I won the bronze. What would bother a man at that level of competing, of that level of performance, being a champion of the world? He knelt down and started waiting for the gun to go off. And the thought that he has was, I wonder if my father's watching me. Not I wonder how many people are in the stadium. Not how many people are going to see me win the gold. What made him fall short was thinking about his relationship with a dad he never knew. And so this bothers man all throughout his life and causes him to walk with such rage and anger that he's unable to go for the gold because he's pestered with thoughts of a relationship with that. The glory of children is their father. Another way of saying this is that the expression of greatness comes upon a person when he is in right relationship with the Spirit of God. And you'll see the devastation that befalls the earth I want to give you the category of the attack that is on this position. If God's intention was that his glory would fill the earth like the waters cover the sea, two-thirds of the earth are covered by water. And the Lord says that he wants his glory to cover the earth, the majority of the earth, with his glory. And how is that? The expression of each one of these champions that is able to walk in the light of the glory of their father, a great relationship with dad. A great connection and not a distant connection with the relationship of a father determines the expression of what will happen on every individual, every marriage, every family, every community. All these things are affected because of the issues of fatherhood in the heart of man. And so here it is in its order of tangible expression. When you, and and the math has already been done, the statistics have been drawn, number one attack on fatherlessness upon the nation is an attack on your finances. Poverty is that which befalls those that are not in right relationship with the Father. The lack of substance, the lack of provision... He says that that those that are uh, families without a father will fall below the poverty level almost automatically just because of the relationship with the absence of a father. What follows is drug alcohol abuse. Substance abuse is is at an all-time high when father is not present. They, they've done this, and it happened to me yesterday. Um, they had the celebration for Mother's Day at a prison and they bought a couple boxes of Mother's Day cards and they passed them out. And they missed a large population of the prison. So they had to order Hallmark, had to send more Mother's Day cards to the prison. Everybody was writing to their mom. And then Father's Day come and they doubled up on the Father's Day card because they thought they would have the same problem. And nobody came out to write a Father's Day card. of those that are in prison don't have a relationship with their father. In the Jewish community, which is great upon the Ten Commandments, honor your father. The Jewish community is great about honoring their patriarchs. They they know that it's so important to get along with your dad. Less than 5% of the prison population are Jewish. Those are staggering numbers. Those are not just little numbers. 90% of the men in jail don't have a relationship with a father. And then less than 5% of the Jewish community has men in jail because of the importance of honoring dad in this patriarchal community. Following poverty, which is financial lack of substance and provision, drug and alcohol abuse are the statistics of those men that suffer these things. The third item that's a tangible expression of not having a healthy relationship with your father to honor him is psychological mental illness. You could talk to my brother who's a psychiatrist, and he will tell you that those people that suffer most mental illnesses, crazy, crazy levels of uh, lack of mental peace, is because... Of the fatherless, the absent father situation. Following mental illness as an expression of tangible darkness is the educational level of those without dads. I can tell you I'm probably one of those statistics. If I wouldn't have had my dad, I would not have gone to law school. I would have not gone to school at all. I would have dropped out. These are staggering numbers. 80% of the dropouts in high school come from fatherless houses. Following the lack of education, if you're not going to be smart, you have to commit crime. So that's a tangible expression. And we already talked about the prisons filled with these men who do not have a relationship with their dad. Um, One, two, three, four, five. Now sexual deviance is the next one. Number six, sexual deviance. What do you talk about sexual deviance, Pastor? I'm talking about the rapist. 80% 80% of rapists come from a fatherless home. The abortion, the unwanted pregnancy, these men who go and get girls pregnant and then abandon them in responsibility, 80% from a fatherless home. Where there's no dad present, there's no responsibility. There's no tangible expression. Uh, Pastor Kinney was telling me that he did a study on fatherlessness and he tells me communism was birthed at, out of a fatherless mindset. That's the confusion. That's the chaos that's bred in those relationships. Um, Communism has never been a blessing to family. It's never been a blessing to community. They don't even know how. A lot of people wonder why Fidel Castro is such a psychopath, a sociopath. Why is he so, such a degenerate and depraved mindset? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there was a time where a 45-year-old man came home and his wife wasn't home. And he raped a 16-year-old little girl who worked at his house. A 45-year-old comes home and rapes a minor child. So they have to hide this whole thing and they have to take her away. And she births a child that for 17 years did not have a father's hug, a father's presence, a father's acknowledgement, a father's word. Totally disconnected from dad. And his name is Fidel Castro. He would grow up to be a totally depraved psychopath that would ruin his existence and the lifeline and the Cuban community forever. Now, the, 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 the travesty is that the Cuban community doesn't want to talk that that is the source. I was talking to a woman this week, and she said, no, because here, i got this lately. Listen, if you get a young man who doesn't know a father for 17 years, who corrects him? Who instructs him? He didn't even have a last name. They wouldn't give him the last name because in those times it was debauchery to say that you had a son out of wedlock. It would ruin your financial and commerce relationship. Albert Einstein was going to school, the genius. And he would meet a woman named Elena and he would get her pregnant. But in those times, if you were in that community of the elite, you couldn't get a girl pregnant. So you had to send her away. He sent her back to her home country and she birthed a little girl. And that little girl was then moved to her aunt's house to a second cousin. And she grew up never knowing her father and seeing her mom once every 10 years. Never a relationship with his family because he was trying to hide his sin. So the uh, devastating effects of a father not being at home. And and I I want to suggest that, that even those of us that renew our relationship with an attitude with the father, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. The father, uh, Romans eight fifteen says, you haven't received a spirit that causes you to run in fear. That's what a lot of people do. I, I don't want to have a father. I went to the orphanage here in Miami about uh, 10 years ago, and I got three boys that were graduating. They were 18 years old. They were going to be thrown out into society to no longer be in the Florida uh, system of of orphans. And they said, Mr. Molina, could you come down here? You're a a prosperous lawyer. You have provision. You have respect. Come down here. And I went and I told three little boys, uh, young men. They were 18. They were going to be thrown out. I want to be like a father to you. They said, sir, we appreciate you. We haven't had a father forever, and we don't want to start having one now. So with their heart cry of not having a father, they don't want a father because a father represents instruction, correction, discipline, accountability, responsibility. Somebody who confronts your craziness that's leading you to destruction. So the spirit of father is not a spirit of bondage that leads you back to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption. And through that spirit of God, you can have a relationship with somebody that's a dad. Somebody who can call your attention to direct your path and discipline and correct you. John chapter 14, verse 18, God would promise, Jesus would say, you know something, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Verse 18. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you disconnected from the heart of a dad. And, and understand that, that the Spirit of God comes so that it actually has something. A lot, of have, uh, a lot of us have a real twisted mindset with regards to a father. You know who doesn't have a twisted mindset as to a father? My four kids. My four kids, man, they're going this direction. And all of a sudden, they're confronted with dad. And dad says, we're not going in that direction. We're going that way. And they're like, why? I said, because there's a father in this house. Dad. That's why. That's a father's role. It's not enough for you to steamroll him. It's for him to give you, listen, the power to prosper. The fifth commandment in Exodus chapter 20 says, if you honor your father, everything will go well with you. You'll live a long life. Who wants everything to go wrong and live a short life? Raise your hand. You want to check out fast and everything to go wrong with you? Then disrupt your relationship with the father. As God speaks to his people for the first time after 400 years. They were enslaved in Egypt, and he says, listen, I'm going to give you a clean bill of health. Ready? Honor me as your only God. Don't make no images before me. You shall only worship me and keep the Sabbath holy. So he gives them four laws that relate to the relationship with Father in heaven. And then number five, he says, honor your Father. The fifth commandment. That follows a relationship with God is how you are going to treat that man on earth? And so the, the challenge is not that we have a right relationship with God the Father in heaven, but that we're able to express this with those men that are older than us. The Bible says the ones that have gray hair, honor them. Treat them as dads. Bring them into your life. Listen to their counsel. Weigh their hearts. Get their wisdom so everything will go well with you and you'll live a long life. But the people that live contrary to God's instruction, instead of having the blessing of God and the glory that comes upon those that have fathers, they have the opposite of glory, which is shame. The Bible talks about shame. If you walk in poverty, drug addiction, alcohol, substance abuse, psychological problems, no peace, no education, no wisdom, prison, sexual deviancy, you, you author abortions, you're having sex out of marriage, that leads for darkness upon the earth. The statistics are here for anybody who wants a copy as you leave today's service, and you're going to start saying, I want a dad in my life. I want a father to come and to be able to speak into my life words of wisdom. So here it is, Jeremiah 3, verse 19, how many times did I not want you to come and acknowledge me as your father? How can I put you among the children and give you a pleasant land? I want to bless you and prosper you and give you an inheritance. How many want an inheritance? Absolutely. Who gets an inheritance? A faithful son. Who gets disinherited? A son who doesn't honor his dad. You dishonor your dad. You get discounted. And God is saying, I've, I've included you as a member of my family to give you a pleasant land, a beautiful inheritance, and I said, You shall call me my father and not turn away from me. So, what is the issue? Why a lot of people walk outside of the goodness of God? They don't want to acknowledge him as a father. They don't want he says, the, the disciples were with Jesus for a long time. These 12 men followed him, and, and they saw John the Baptist teaching his, his disciples how to pray. And they turned to Jesus and they said, Hey, Jesus. He's, his spiritual leader over there, the spiritual teacher, is teaching them how to pray. And you haven't taught us how to pray. And he says, okay, I'll teach you how to pray. Because God is not imposing religion. He wants a relationship. He doesn't want you to have information. He wants you to have relationship. He says, this is how you fa- pray. Our Father who art in heaven. He breaks the paradigm. It's not a guru. It's not a, uh, the Dalai Lama. It's not the expressions of spirituality. Listen. There, I just got back from the India. There's a lot of spirituality that's disconnected from the father. That's not from God. He wants you to have a relationship to call him daddy. How many times did I call you? So you shall call me dad and not turn away, not disconnect. We, we, we know how to disconnect. And we think it's a joke to not talk to Dad. I told Nick, when Nick was about seven years old, we were going to school. I said, Nick, this is the first clashes as a father, a young father, a young son that are trying to connect. And try. I said, Nick, listen, here I am as your dad. And I got a lot of information that's good for you. And every time I speak, if, if you get upset and look out the window and disconnect because you're upset that I'm contradicting what you desire, your feelings. That's like putting a brick here. You're putting a brick between you and me. So you put a brick, and then I see you put a brick, and I put a brick. And then you put a brick, and I put a brick, and you're building a wall. And here I am, your father, and you're my son, and we've just built a wall between each other. Why don't we do something? This is what I'm going to do. Every time you put a brick, I'm going to take it out of the way. And every time I put a brick, you take it out of the way. And make sure there's never a disconnect and a separation from you and I, because that's not the heart of God. And so that, that'll be the connection. Um, last year, Nick, come up here real quick. This, this has to, we've, we've shared this all over the world. This happened as he graduated from high school. He finished his first year of college. He says, Dad, I'm going to go get a job. I want to go get a job. And then he has a fabulous idea that he's going to go get his first job. And I want you guys to hear it from the horse's mouth.
0: All right. Happy Father's Day to everybody, by the way, all the fathers out there. Uh, we celebrate you, say, and we honor you, and we thank you for all the different things that you do every single day, every single moment of our lives. But um, to make the story short, uh, I told my dad I wanted to go get a job. I wanted to start uh, providing for little things like my own gas, uh, going out to movies with my own friends, and not having to rely on him for every single thing that that. Um, you know, I appreciated that a lot. I was so, like, "Wow, that's awesome." So. Um, I went and uh, I a friend of mine had posted on Instagram or Facebook or something that there was a job opening at his place. So I asked my dad if you know I, that if it was cool if I went. He said, Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and go take part of the interview, but don't accept the job offer if they give you one just yet. And I said, Okay, that's fine. So I went and uh, I was pretty excited because he offered me a a, a job, but not uh, not the 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 pay wasn't just minimum wage, She was offering me $15 an hour, and for me, that was awesome, because my friends who worked at the malls, at, at the grocery stores, wherever it is that they work, they were getting paid, you know, $10, $11, so me making $15, I've never had any job experience, I've never had a job before, that was awesome to me, and so I was really happy, I was really excited, and I ran and I told my dad the news, and uh, he told me, that's awesome, that's great, but you're not going to do that, and I was like, what do you mean I'm not going to do that? Like, there's nothing better than $15 an hour right now. You know, I've never worked before. I've never had a job. And this is going to be a really good, you know, opportunity for me. And he says, yeah, but I don't want you to do that. And for me, that was like, you know, I just wasted my entire day. I was nine hours over there talking with the gentleman. He was showing me the different products. He was doing all this different stuff. And I was like, what do you, this, this is, you know, this is frustrating. It's really upsetting. I got upset. And he, and I was like, well, we'll then what would you have me do? You know, what, what, what is there that's better than what I have right now? And he says, well, go ahead and get your real estate license. I was like, what is, what is that? I don't even know what a real estate license is. That's like, go, go to the moon and plant the American flag and claim it for not only the United States, but also for, you know, the Molina family. That was like, that was to the extent of what I thought a real estate, you know, was. And so uh, I said, I don't know what that is. He goes, well, you look up online, you take classes, you pass uh, you, you pass an exam, and then they give you a license to go and, and sell property and sell you know, uh, real estate. And I said, okay. So I looked online. I signed up for a course. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. It's $500 for the course. So I thought that right away, he's going to be like, well, let's consider Let's think about it. I said, it's 500 bucks, And he goes, here's the Amex. And uh, he paid for it. And I was like, all right. So I signed up. And once I realized, you know, once I, I always tell people that from, from very young age, I've, I've really decided to, to, to have the same heart of Jesus Christ, which I've learned about all my life through Sunday school and through, you know, the example I've been given through my dad and different pastors are here that I was always, always, always going to honor my dad. I was always going to be obedient to whatever he told me, whether I liked it or whether I didn't. And so uh, he said, go ahead and, and, and sign up. And so I said, okay. So I signed up. I passed the, the class exam, and then I signed up for the uh, the state exam, and I was flipping out because it, it was a really thick book just full of laws and regulations and sta- and statutes and all this different stuff on what you can and cannot do and taxes and all this different stuff, and I got overwhelmed. I was 19. I, I had, Like I said, I had never studied any of this different stuff before. I was the youngest person in my real estate class, and I was just, like, really worried. So the night before my exam, I... Um, I looked up online what the passing rate was on first time, you know, uh, test takers, just to you know give myself some sense of hope or so try to like calm my nerves. But I say all the time that was the worst decision you could ever do. That's the worst decision I ever made because like n- less than twenty nine percent pass that test. And so I was like, that's great. You know, we have like thirty five year olds, forty year olds that are going out taking the real estate exam, and let alone me, I'm not gonna pass. But my, I, I told my dad about it. I was like, Dad, you know, I'm taking the test tomorrow. He goes, don't worry about it. You know, you've, you've done your best. You've done practice exams. You've done practice tests. I'm sure you're going to do fine. So we prayed together, and I went, and I took the exam, and when I finished it, I was like, man, that's a great experience. You know, that that was awesome, and you know, next time I pass. This time was a bomb, but that's fine. Next time I'll do better, and, and I'm sure that uh, I'll, I'll be better prepared next time, but when... Uh, the secretary behind the desk flipped uh, my, my results to me under a, a piece of paper. I freaked out and found out that I passed. And I passed on the first try. And I was just mind blown that, you know, I was able to, you know, to pass this test on the first try. You know, it was the hardest test I've ever taken in my life. And I was really, really, you know, just in shock and in awe on what happens, you know, the results of walking in obedience. Especially when it's something that you don't want to do. And so the story gets better, for me at least, because uh, within a month, uh, my, I, um, I was able to be part of my first uh, transaction within a month of having my real estate license. I, uh, I was part of a transaction, the commission was $10,000. So within a month of, of me obeying and listening to my dad and missing out on, the, the classes for the real estate exam were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. From 6 o'clock p.m. to 10 o'clock p.m. So that means that for an entire month, month and a half, I had no Friday nights out with my friends or to go out or do anything. But I was like, you know what? If this is what my dad wants for me, then I'm going to do it. And so uh, that's the attitude. That's the heart that God has. That's the heart that Jesus had. And that what I've been sharing with the youth is that whenever we deny ourselves, Whenever we really decide that we're going to honor mom and dad, when we're going to honor our pastors, our teachers, our coaches, whatever it is, God always exalts us and lifts us up far above all our other companions. And the biggest lie that we can, that we can fall into, the biggest deception we could ever do, is to think that we know what's best for ourselves. When we have a perfectly good representation of God's voice in our lives speaking to us, directing us towards his inheritance and his prosperity for our lives. Amen.
1: Amen. A month later, I would say, how many years would it take you to sell scissors and knives to make $10,000? A long time. That's us in the desert trying to do our own things. But when we acknowledge God the Father and we have an ear to honor, God begins to give us his promises. What are his promises for those that decide to honor? The Bible says that in Genesis 18, 18, I'm going to make Abraham a great and mighty nation. Why would God make one man great and mighty? Since Abraham surely shall become a great and mighty nation, and uh, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. Why, Why does God say from one man an entire nation is affected? Why? Verse 19, because he will be a good father. I have known him in order that he might command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. A father that is determined to keep his family on God's track is a great and mighty nation. A father who decides to dispel the existence of God and the honor and the worship of God opens up calamity and travesty for his children like there's no other. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, a man who fears the Lord, what is his blessing? Psalms 112 verse 1 says, a man who fears God and delights in the commandments of God. What is the blessing to these men who decide to have a right relationship with God the Father? You guys got me back there? Psalm 112 verse 1. Here it comes. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And takes delight in the commandments of the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears God. And his commandments are his delight. A father takes the source from this book. We went to have breakfast with my wife on Thursday. A man had his girlfriend around his neck like this. They had just had breakfast, and she was going, "You're my everything." He's up here, she's hugging him, they're kissing. I'm looking at the scene in the parking lot. <laughs> my God, this is not good. <laughs> she's she's enveloping the dreams of the hopes that this guy's like the prince, right? Baseball back is how backwards. The kiss. He's on cloud nine. This guy's like, what? And I see him coming my way, and I open my trunk and I grab a black book. <laughs> and I turn to him. I said, Sir, if you don't want that woman to leave with some other man, you better grab this book and do everything it says. He goes, Thank you, man. <laughs> I need this. Thank you, man. And then he just walks away. I cannot give men not give men a lifeline. Because that that girl has a lot of hopes and dreams. He doesn't have a clue how he's going to deliver. And I give him the book, and he walks off with the book. I get in the car. Rosie, my sister-in-law, is in the back seat. My wife is in the front seat. And we start pulling out. And they heard everything that happened. And my wife says, "You know something? You have such an anointing on your life. It's a wonder to me that these guys don't beat you up. Because <laughs> you just said that his girl's gonna leave. With another, you know what? I told her he knows it's true. He's not gonna beat me up. He knows I'm trying to help him. Hey, the guy was. So this is what God is doing." God is giving us these things, blessing the man who fears God. That means take God serious and delight in his commandments. Know the word of God. Why? Verse 2, so that his descendants will be mighty upon the earth. That's the lifeline. It's not Harvard. It's, It's not a business enterprise. It's not industry. It's right relationship with dad. And so this is why we come to the house of God. People say, oh, why do you do so much in that church? Man, listen, come on Monday nights. Come on Monday nights and see 250 men wanting to align themselves with the word of God. Not with Joaquin Molina. Not with Spring of Life Fellowship. With the Bible. We're going through the book of Proverbs now on Monday nights. It's fascinating. Look what we read on Monday night. Proverbs 16, 15. It says, if the king smiles upon you, it's like open heavens. In the light of the king's face is the secret to life. That's God's face. His favor is like the cloud of the latter rain. That means heaven opens up and you begin to receive the showers like Nick's testimony. Like like every single one of our testimonies. We, We receive the water from heaven and that is the provision of God. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for being in the house of God today. Thank you for your idea about fathers. While the world hates patriarchy, we love patriarchs. Generation of fathers with wisdom that pass down to their sons and grandsons the instruction of the Lord. We pray that you open the heavens over every father here that he could provide for his household abundance. That the harvest would be great and the glory would be yours and the fruitfulness in the land and the increase will be the, acknowledges, the acknowledgment that we have done things your way. Remove a rebel's heart from our heart, Lord. Remove the rebel's heart from our disposition and attitude. Because you say that a rebel will dwell in a dry land. We don't want to be in a dry land. We want to be in a plentiful land. We want to have peace. Your promise that great peace will come upon those who delight in your commandments... We pray that this peace will be multiplied. Remove mental illness, Lord. Remove poverty. Remove substance abuse. Remove immorality. Sexual deviancy. Remove, Father God, the tendency to be criminal and to violate your mandates and your order. We pray blessings upon the families of this church. We pray blessing upon the sons and the daughters. We pray blessings upon the grandchildren that could see their grandparents walking in the fear of God, delighting in his commandments. We pray for abundance in all these areas that we would have a spectacular day celebrating our dads and those who are an expression of fatherhood to our lives, making us part of the family. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. God bless you.